0: This is a continuation of one of our previous episodes where we talked about the ethics of the meat industry. So if you would like a little bit of a refresher of the background and history of of the related topic, then check out one of our previous episode named...
1: The Meat Industry. It was episode four. I forget what it was actually called, but it was season two, episode (laughs) four four. about the the meat industry.
0: All right. (laughs) <laughs> now, jumping right in into the continuation, where in this time, we will talk about the environmental impacts of the meat industry.
1: Wow. Well, and we'll also, a little bit later, go into um, maybe some new diets we can switch into. We previously talked about plant-based diets, but you know what? There's there's more than just plant-based diets when it comes to alternative uh, solutions yes. to the meat industry. So, I suppose a good place to start, we suppose, I guess. Is unsus- is the unsustainability of the meat industry. Why is it unsustainable? Maybe you have some ideas back at home or wherever you're listening to this. But there are a few undisputed reasons why it is unsustainable. The first that we found is water consumption. It takes a lot of water to process meat.
0: Yes, in like every step of the process, there's a lot of water involved. <laughs>
1: If you watched, um, that Mark Grober video about, uh, plant-based meat, you might remember he has, like, a whole swimming pool of water, and then he puts, like, a few stacks of beef patties next to the pool, and he's like, this amount of water makes this amount of beef, beef patties? He was not lying. It takes a lot of water to make a little bit of meat. Yes. And fun fact, the world, um, may be covered in two-thirds water but it's not usable water. <laughs> Only about 1% of the water on Earth is actually fresh water that can be used for this kind of stuff. So it's very unsustainable if we keep using water like this.
0: Right. And if you want specific numbers, um, it's about about 1.6 to 1.8 K gallons of water to produce one pound of beef. That's a lot. <laughs> hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, for 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 us Americans, I don't think uh, it's a kill leader, right?
0: It's no 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 no. Uh, one it's around one thousand six hundred to one thousand eight hundred gallons Weird. of water to produce gallons? one pound one kind of okay. beef, and that apparently, okay, never mind. According to <laughs> www.denverwater.org, is enough to fill thirty nine bathtubs of water for one pound of beef beef and that's beef only
1: which <laughs> which is insanely unsustainable because as before only one percent of our earth really has fresh water that we can use for this kind of stuff mm-hmm. um and not only that that's bad for water sources but what's even worse is the amount of fertilizers used to grow the feed to feed the animals to make the meat um fertilizers are used a lot in america especially artificial fertilizers um, and they're really bad because farmers tend to overuse them because they produce a better product for the most part. Um, and then when, when water comes and there's excess uh, runoff, it grabs a lot of the excess fertilizer and moves it into bodies of water and causes eutrophication. Who at home knows what eutrophication is? Charlene, what's eutrophication? Do you I don't know?
0: know. Explain it.
1: I I, I, I will explain it. Uh, Eutrophication is when there's excess nutrients in water, and it causes algae blooms. Um, Algae blooms are bad because it causes a green layer of algae to form the top of the water, blocking all sunlight. And guess what, guys? Um, Sunlight is needed underwater, or else (laughs) you can't see, and plants can't grow, and things die. Um, So it's really bad. So not only are we overusing water, as in using it a lot, we're also... Um, destroying the sources that we have. All from the meat industry. Um, and more, obviously, but this is, you know, it's a big cult.
0: Okay, so we we spit a lot of facts here. Um, a big little yeah. info dump. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess now I kind of want to talk <laughs> about, like, how this is overall perceived in... Like our personal lives and American mm. culture, as this is what our podcast is about. But um, <laughs> I personally think um, I've definitely been exposed to this kind of information a lot more because I myself mm. went vegan for a few months just to try it out and see what that was like. And also, again, because I did want to contribute to lowering my me- meat uh, my <laughs> meat intake, <laughs> lowering my meat intake.
1: Yeah.
0: To help. <laughs> The environment. I mean, of course, I know one person isn't going to change the world, but a lot of this was just about, you know, uh, exploration, trying new foods, seeing, you know, the lifestyle. Um, so I do, I, I, I do um, know, like, I am more aware about this kind of stuff and that it's mm-hmm. a real thing, but I'm sure if you talk to a lot of people, they wouldn't have a clue about the negative impacts of meat. Like, a lot of the times, I feel like the first line of reasoning used, well, not even the first line of reasoning, but the first thing that you think of when you hear something like veganism or vegetarianism is animal cruelty, which is what we just talked about in our last episode. But another huge part of it, and I think, I mean, this is growing, but another huge reason is Mm. the environment. But I don't know. I, I can't say that, Tons of people know about this, like this as a reason, or maybe they refuse to acknowledge uh, yeah. it because I mean, we live in America, uh, plenty of meat eaters, huge <laughs> meat industry. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, I mean, most, most, most of the time, you'll only talk about animal cruelty, not so much about en- and the environmentalism. Yeah. I think that's mostly because like the meat industry is not the only reason why there's climate change. Right. There's a ton of other reasons why there's climate change, and You know, the meat industry is kind of, you know, just, like, put into this super long list that you need to look through. Um, I don't know. I think it's just the amount of other stuff that also causes climate change, like, dilutes that reason, kind of. Um, Because it just feels like more you need to fix before you actually fix climate change. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I don't really... Yeah, because people who I know that are vegan i asked you know i've asked them like you know like why are you vegan they're like oh because like, you know i love animals mm-hmm. i've never heard ne- never heard like oh because um runoff uh, fertilizer causes eutrophication right, and, exactly. and, and bodies of water <laughs> so so yeah um how did veganism work out for you by the way do you think that was like kind of like impacted
0: It worked out, like, for me personally, it worked out really well, actually, because it got me, like, that was at a time when I was pretty limited, like, I I was quite a picky eater, so being vegan, I guess, definitely made me, um, gave me a lot more options and opened a whole new world to me, basically. Um, Of course, I found vegan alternatives to foods that I ate a lot, and sometimes I haven't even switched back. Like, for example, I no longer drink animal milk because I personally, I know I'm going to get judged so hard for this, but I personally find <laughs> plant-based milks better. I just, like, I just don't like animal milk anymore. For, like, right yeah. now, I drink almond milk, but my top favorite has to be macadamia macadamia milk. That was really good, mm. but also very expensive. <laughs> but, um, I like, yeah. that's something I stick to the, to this day. But I've also tried um, plant-based yogurt alternatives, which I liked like chocolate snacks and basically i my diet got a lot healthier because i was eating a lot more whole foods like vegetables mm-hmm. fruits and using those in my cooking things like that
1: it's funny you say almond milk cuz actually the past few months i've been really only using almond milk oh. i don't know like the nice. i'm so, like i don't know what's up with supermarket milk but it just smells so bad to me I really can't. It smells like farts. Plus, plus like, I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like also like unsweetened, almond vanilla almond milk is so good in cereal. It makes it like twenty times better. So if you if you're eating cereal, and you're like I you know this cereal is fine, but I wish it was better. Use unsweetened vanilla almond milk. I I know where I am. It's like the exact same price as milk. I think it might, it might even be a, a bit cheaper. Mm. Um, so it's it's a. It's a good alternative. So so I think maybe we'll kind of like, we'll come back to the yeah, unsustainability. But now that we're on this topic, I think it's smart to talk about some alternatives to yes. meat. And we talked about yes. plant-based meat, you know, impossible meat, beyond meat. Fine. Now they have like nuggets. I think it's like impossible or beyond nuggets. I forget exactly what it is. Yeah, uh, I remember on 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 Instagram, someone uh, took a picture of like the KFC and I, I I think they're Beyond Nuggets. They're like, this is the worst looking thing ever. It it looks like someone like deep fried erasers, and and I couldn't agree more. So I've had him. I've I've had Impossible. i uh, no, actually, I've I've had Beyond Meat, and I really did not like it. I believe we talked about it in the plant based episode. But maybe let's talk about something else. Who cares about plant based meat? How about Let's talk about meat that is it uh, is technically meat,
0: technically but, um, meat,
1: but it isn't really meat. Charlene, would you like to talk about clean meat, perhaps?
0: Clean meat. <laughs> All right. Okay. So this is something for the people who are more environmentally conscious, but mm. still like meat and are comfortable with the idea. Okay, I'll explain. So clean meat is basically grown using the stem cells of the animal. But where do those stem cells and other nutrients come from? They come from something called (laughs) fetal bovine serum, which is basically comes from the blood of baby cows. Which, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's still
1: meat. Uh, Cow fetuses, right?
0: (laughs) Yes, cow fetuses. Yes, fetuses, not
1: babies. (laughs) (laughs) Pre-baby. Pre-baby cow. Yes,
0: pre-babies.
1: But if you look at clean Um, meat first image is 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 meat or it looks like meat so i i don't know i have never had clean meat i i I don't know about you would you charlene would you eat clean meat
0: i'm gonna be honest i'm not that big of a meat eater Mm. um (laughs) so probably not but i feel like i'd have a bite just to try it and just see what it's like
1: yeah i I mean i don't think it it just tastes like meat i don't know yeah, it would I mean, be really interesting meat. to have a good taste test. Guys, comment down below if you guys want a taste test of different kinds of meat alternatives. Okay, so we talked about a solution to some of these problems, right? If you take the blood of a cow fetus, guess what? You don't need to raise that cow, which means less water, which means less feed. So less water is being used, and less water goes into bodies of water. fertilizer goes (laughs) to bodies of water, less eutrophication. That is a great thing. But that's the only reason why meat and the meat industry is really unsustainable. It's only a part of it. Another part of it is the supply chain. Can I talk about this with um, with water use, but processing meat takes a lot of uh, power. It takes a lot of uh, water which is right. the environment and it produces a lot of co2 and methane and kind of every bad thing that you don't want put into the atmosphere yeah processing meat will uh, will do that not not to men- not even you know I can also mention trucking back and forth between stores and factories that's mm-hmm. even worse so charlene I, I have a question for you do you think veganism solves those kinds of problems? Or do you think that's just like a overall problem of everything?
0: I don't know. I mean, if if like a, a pretty big chunk of our population were to go vegan, I think that would it would. It would solve a bunch of these problems. I'm not going to say it's not going to cause some other problems, but if we're talking about solving these specific problems regarding meat, the meat industry, everything, definitely it is.
1: I kind of disagree with you, though, though, like partially. Oh. Yeah, if you guys didn't see, Charlene just did the um. You guys can't see. Charlene just, just just <laughs> did the mega mind face, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> based off of what I just said, she don't believe me. But, um, a lot of the stuff, like like a lot of the um. Meat alternatives, like vegan chicken nuggets and stuff i wouldn't say are any less processed than real chicken nuggets um i don't know if switching i wasn't to... even
0: thinking about those <laughs> i was not thinking well i mean about like if would
1: be here's the issue with like modern veganism like like okay you know you can be vegan yeah yeah but, but yeah but it's like you know you, 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 um, you eat quinoa and kale you know all day every day but they don't just have fruits and vegetables as vegan. You can have chicken nuggets that are vegan. You can have steak that is vegan. You can have egg whites and egg yolks that are vegan. Um, I'm
0: gonna be for real. I was thinking mm. about straight up giving up meat, all meat um, alternatives altogether. Because that's, that, that's actually what I did when I was a vegan. I liked it because I don't like meat. But for a meat eater, that's, of course, understandably difficult. And even mm. have, <laughs> eating the meat alternatives would be difficult. Um, But yeah, Um, if we're we're bringing in, yes, yes, if we're bringing in um, meat alternatives and processed meat like that into the question, Mm -hmm. I I, I really can't say. (laughs) I mean, there's still going to be processing costs. There's still going to be, I mean, transportation costs, supply chain costs, and now like laboratory costs, more employee costs, because they're like making it and everything. Yeah. But at the same time, I still think it would be better for the environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it would be because there, there, there are issues that come from just the production of animal meat that are completely like removed from the equation. I mean, sure, there's probably going to be like I don't know, like environmental damage from the labs, but I don't think it's anywhere near having like millions of cows
1: (laughs) burping and farting in yes, the, the smallest
0: releasing their methane
1: land yes. possible. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with you there. I just think it's a testament to how we um like like how America operates. It's not just the meat industry that has high transportation costs um environmentally and, and otherwise, you know you grow an apple if if you're in Arizona getting an apple, do you think they have apple trees in Arizona? I doubt it. <laughs> um, we talked about this for forget in which episode but um, we talked about how like produce you know is shipped across massive areas and then kind of just like sits there for like months <laughs> in stores waiting to be put on yeah. shelves so I feel like a bigger issue to solve isn't just you know meat but how we ship food which haha Guess what? It's not just like, uh, well, too bad, we can't do anything about it. We can do something about it. A big thing we can do about it. Something called locovorianism. I was taking AP English language last year, in composition. AP English language and composition last year. And we had to do a practice FRQ. FRQ1, I think it was. About whether or not the locovor diet is good or not. Um, it is pretty awesome. Pretty much means that um, you eat stuff that's local. <laughs> that's cray cray. Yeah, and there are a ton of really good reasons why to do it. Right, things are local. Not you know you don't have to ship things cross states. Maybe it's you know just like a few miles. Maybe like a hundred miles at most. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Not only that, but it's better for you because the moment you take something off a tree or a bush, it loses nutrients very quickly so if you get an apple that has been sitting in store for like a month that apple or even a few months that's going to have like little to no nutrients in there um it will not be as healthy as a fresh apple so um is just another solution to i guess call it like traditional meat production i guess right um, and I think that's
0: it's crazy how you learned this in language class
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was also thinking environmental science but I didn't learn it there no sorry I learned it in language class <laughs> um but I don't know do you think Charlene do you think the locavoreanism that, that that the locavore diet is possible for America as a whole
0: no <laughs> I do not think it is why not the cost Mm. um and the fact that so many people rely on supermarkets yeah and location some people just don't have you just just aren't in a geographical location mm-hmm. that is able to support <laughs> a, an entire town of local vo- local vores mm. and a lot of a lot of the issues is just with transportation as well like a huge like a hu- like aside from this food transportation is a, is a huge issue in general like i've I think I saw somewhere that we have enough food to feed the world. Yeah. Except it's all an issue of how it's distributed. Yeah. And I think this is just another thing. Like, lo- ideally, um, local... Vor-
1: lo- lo- <laughs> Uh-oh, we're oh. doing it again.
0: Local Uh-oh, lo- local Sounds great. You're supporting local farmers. Mm. You are having more nutritious food etc 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 but it's for all of america it's not it's not sustainable yeah but i mean i I am seeing a rise of people visiting farmers markets instead things like that which is great we live in new york Mm -mm. so that all that stuff is definitely possible
1: yeah there are like giant farmers markets like around where i live there are there are farmers markets um if you go to union square there's a giant farmers market there every weekend But it's like if you want to get like honey, it's like twenty five dollars a bottle. They're like small bottles. Yeah. Um, So I could very easily see why, you know, if you're doing that, if you're doing it for everything you you eat or most things you eat, that's gonna get really expensive really quickly. Um, So I see exactly where you're coming from. I think that's kind of the issue with this whole issues. There's not like one thing <laughs> they're going to say, "Oh yeah, that that uh yeah, that solves it easily." You know. Okay, everyone can be a localvore. Okay, you know, we can eat plant-based meat or clean meat or whatever. Um but I think to some degree, every single one of the problems we're facing now um we're going to be facing in some way if we switch. And I think that's just a testament to overpopulation and food inequity around the world. I think, you know, the only way to change all this is just big, you know, systematic change with it internationally.
0: Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Spoonable Standpoint. If there's something you want us to talk about, put it in the question we pose on Spotify, after our season two trailer or on our website. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Spoonable underscore standpoint for bonus content and a link to our website. If you enjoyed this episode don't forget to share we release a new episode every other friday hopefully and we hope to see you there <laughs>